This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit candowealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily and sometimes more than daily politics podcast. I'm Kate Andrews and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Katie Balls. Uh, we have some breaking news for you tonight. Boris Johnson is out of the Tory leadership race. Although, James, I suppose one could argue he was never officially in it. This is still pretty big news. Tell us what's happened tonight. So tonight at around nine o'clock, Boris Johnson issued a statement saying that He had the necessary nominations to stand for a Conservative Party leader and that he thought he had a good chance of winning the membership vote if this went to the country, but that he had decided that you needed to to govern you, the unified parliamentary party behind you, and so he was not going to put his name forward. Now, I think what this does is it obviously means that Boris Johnson is not going to be uh, Prime Minister by the end of this week. It also averts a kind of nightmare scenario, which we increasingly appear, the risk of which appeared to be increasingly large, which was that Boris Johnson would get the support of around a third of MPs. And then there was a chance that the members might choose a different outcome from the MPs. And so you would have someone trying to lead uh, the, the Tory party at Westminster when the vast majority of the parliamentary party preferred somebody else as leader. And I think that would have just been a recipe for instability. And so I think Boris Johnson's decision to step down has significantly reduced that risk. And I think it was very telling this afternoon that even um, allies of Boris Johnson were were saying that they were saying privately, but they hoped he wouldn't stand because they basically thought there was a kind of choice between Boris Johnson, you know, being able to claim that his legacy was, you know, delivering Brexit, creating that new Tory electoral coalition in 2019 and being right on Ukraine or a danger that his legacy was that he just caused a massive smash up in the Tory party with this kind of, uh, because there could have been this, this, this huge difference between what the, the parliamentary party wanted and what the membership wanted. Mm. Katie, let's dig in to Boris Johnson's statement a little bit more, uh, because in the statement, he's keen to emphasize that he believes he did have the 100 plus nominations that could have put him on the ballot, that this is a real choice that he's stepping back for the sake of the unity of the Tory party. There's been a lot of speculation about that, as only roughly, I believe, 60 MPs did publicly declare their support for Boris Johnson. Um, Do you think this is an attempt to protect his previous legacy to the points James was making around Brexit? Is this, do you think, down to nervousness that he wasn't actually going to get on the ballot and that would be a huge humiliation? Or do you think he's really put the Tory party first? Um, So I think James is completely right there when it comes to his legacy, the argument that lots of his natural supporters and and in a way, what's been so striking in the past few days is, yes, he did have some supporters, but a lot of his natural supporters uh, privately um, have been, you know, there are portions saying, now is not the time, Boris Johnson, now is not your moment to come back. This is misguided. There is an opportunity to come back in the future, but this isn't it. And actually, looking at all the problems facing the country, would this really be the right moment for you? You know, regardless of what the party said. So I think that those making that case have obviously eventually got free to him. And I think the legacy point is one. You can see in that statement, he's not ruling out a future return. It's a little bit, when you read the statement, you know, I wasn't dumped. <laughs> I dumped them. That's how you interpreted it. Yeah. 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 There was a slight undertone of that um, because it's very much, um, 
I had the nominations. I had a quoting a very good chance that I would be successful in the election with Conservative Party members and that I could indeed be back in Downing Street on Friday. The option was all his. He's just turned it down for the good of the party. Um, so I think the, the state is very much saying he had a path to get there and because MPs were not getting behind him in the sense of uh, enough MPs to, to govern effectively, he wasn't going to go forward with this. Also saying he'd reached out to both Rishi Sunak and Penny Morden. They had not ag- agreed to fall in behind him. <laughs> it's obviously interesting in a way because why would Rishi Sunak agree to fallen behind Boris Johnson when he's been soaring ahead of nominations has much broader support but the the way Boris Johnson has approached this was as although he was the front runner even though there's very little to suggest that was the case and and of course we know he is a grassroots favorite but I think there was even some you know there was some saying if if you do go to the grassroots there's a very good chance he gets across the line but it's not it's not completely definite and I think that when it comes to the number we will never know for sure, if he had 102 MPs, no matter what they say, I just think it is quite telling that you look at the public um, nominations, it was slowing down and it wasn't near 100. Um, and actually, you know, he, he got a couple more today and he got Nadeem Zahori and he got James Cleverley in terms of these, you know, cabinet backers. But it was just becoming increasingly clear with people like Suella Braveman backing Rishi Sunak you know, his former colleague, David Frost and others, that it was pretty fractured his support. And there was uh, one stat, I mean, this is, uh, I think, from yesterday, so it could have changed by now, but at one point at least, the 2019 kind of backers of, of Boris Johnson, they're more for Rishi Sunak than for Boris Johnson from that group. So I, I, I think as time has gone on, it's quite clear that I wonder in a way if what Boris Johnson thought he was flying back to, you know, and he waved from the plane, is is a different parliamentary party to the one that actually um, he he had to face. And I think Boris Johnson's more enthusiastic supporters have been obviously telling him, everyone wants you, now's the moment. And he clearly has a very dedicated, loyal base. But I, 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 it was not reflective of the wider mood in the party. And... Therefore, I do think it, there was a path that Boris Johnson could, you know, could have stuck. I don't think he's wrong to suggest that there was a path. I don't know how likely that path was, but there was clearly a path where he could have kept going with this. And that was a concern amongst lots of Richard Sunak backers I spoke to today, um, which is, you know, he scrapes through in the threshold, the membership back him, and then you have this tricky position where the party don't really go for it um but you you can't what can you actually do at that point um so has he done something for the good of the party in the country i think effectively boris johnson has tried something and it just hasn't worked out as as he wanted to and therefore he's had to exit stage james if you've been glued to the political updates today and i suspect our listeners have if if they're listening to the three of us at uh you know 10 something this evening if you've been paying attention to this you picked up on a growing frustration from the boris johnson camp that things weren't moving as quickly as katie points out that um that momentum was was very much slowing down do you think that uh frustration will be amplified tonight Uh, in the sense that we know Boris Johnson did not want to leave 10 Downing Street. We know he felt forced out. It seems increasingly likely that one of the people who he thinks did force him out, Rishi Sunak, was the second cabinet member to resign, may well now become the prime minister. It's looking increasingly likely, although he's not over the threshold yet. We can talk about that in a minute. Presumably, this was actually a very difficult decision for Boris Johnson tonight to step away. When he went through the nominations and added them all up, look, Boris Johnson was clearly 
you know, around that threshold point. But I mean, the problem for him, as, as Katie pointed out earlier, is that you know, he might have made the threshold, but he then wasn't going to kind of advance that far beyond that. And, and that, that was the, the issue for him. I mean, one thing about this race so far is it has actually been remarkably civil. Um, now, whether that continues or not remains to be seen, but, but I, think, I think actually in some ways, because there have been this effort by Boris Johnson to create a kind of joint ticket and the like, I think it has actually made everyone uh, look a little bit more positively at everybody else. I think there's a big question now about whether the Tory party essentially says, right, this situation for us now really is existential. And if we go, you know, if we all go all out for each other, you know, and, and you have kind of Tory wars of the 1990s repeated, but the result will be the same all over again. I, I, think, I think we remain to see what they do. I also think, though, that, that, that you know, there is, a, there, is a, there is a fascinating question now about what Boris Johnson does, does next in public life. I think his statement also makes clear that, you know, that, 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 you know there are other things he wants to do. Mm. Uh, so, Katie, in terms of next steps, um, according to the Spectator Data Hub, uh, the next Tory leader's chances implied by the bookmakers odds puts Rishi Sunak at 95%, Penny Mordant at 5%. But this isn't over. Um, is it possible that Boris Johnson backers, the 60 public ones um, that have come out, may well go to Penny Mordant and actually just get her over that threshold so that the ballot still does go to the members? Yeah, I think it's still possible that Penny Morden gets to 100. Um, clearly, Rishi Sunak looks very far out in front. Um, I think you've got to spare a thought for these Boris Johnson backers. Some of them put their neck out, you know, put their neck out to back someone who they were assured was going to run. Going out on the airways today saying, no, no, he definitely is, he definitely is. Um, apparently have been able to, but still not. Um, if I if I was an MP who was campaigning to get the nominations up to 102 and I had, I'd be a bit confused that he now didn't want to do it. Um, but so, so I think there's an element there of where do they go? And I think some of those people are unlikely to go to Rishi Sunak because if you looked at the list of Boris Johnson backers, it was a hardcore loyalist group who tend to be those. And even though James, I think, is completely right, this contest has been a bit less venomous, though this afternoon we did start getting some quite angry anonymous briefings from Team Boris about how Rishi should just go to California. Um, you know, some of these MPs left in this group are the ones who are the most likely to carry that bad blood. So um, you've seen Nadim Sahori, for example, go to Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak clearly has the advantage in the sense because he looks like the surest thing. Those who are interested in jobs, those who you know want to be associated with the winner... I'm more to move there. Um, but I would imagine some will go to Penny more than um, because these are ultra Boris Johnson loyalists, many. And then see where Penny Morden is in the morning. She's told her supporters, you know, we have an opportunity here. I think just before Boris Johnson dropped out saying there's a chance for us to get some momentum. So they're clearly going to be hitting the phones. We've also got undeclared MPs. We have a list. Um, James Heal has come up with on the website of the MPs who are yet to come out. So there are lots of votes to go for. Um, I think there is a question, which is if Penny Morden does somehow manage to hit 100, it was always going to be the case that 
whoever you know was the second candidate who got low number votes would come under pressure from MPs to to step down. I think before you got to the membership, and no one really thought Boris Johnson would do that, particularly if it was against Rishi Sunak. If Penny Mordaunt does somehow get a hundred, uh, I I think people are making the case to her why not step aside and then take a senior job in Rishi Sunak's government. So there is a chance this goes on for the rest of the week. There's also a chance, but that tomorrow around six pm we have a new prime minister um, and then we'll take it from there. <laughs> well, this is this is it, James. There's still a lot of variables. Penny Morden may not make it to the 100 uh, MP threshold. She may make it over and then decide to fold into Rishi Sunak's campaign. And, you know, just to that means he, he will be declared the, the leader of the Conservative Party and the next prime minister, or, or they do take it to the members. Now, speaking to, if you hear a lot of Tory MPs comments on all this, you know, they seem quite horrified that they're in a position five weeks after they just finished their last leadership campaign that they're having potentially another one, even though it's under a much shorter period of time and, and would be online. But is there still a case for the sake of the Tory party and MPs' relationships with their members to have that ballot, to take it to them, um, even though it means an, another week of this competition? I think it all depends on what the result of the MPs ballot is. I think if, if it, it, I think because I think in our system, you need in our system to lead successfully, you need to have the confidence of your own MPs. So I think if if Rishi Sunak is overwhelmingly ahead among MPs on uh, Monday, I, I, I kind of struggle to see what the benefit. I think if you go to the members, you know, yes, you can argue, but it, that in some ways it would be good. Because, you know, you would create a moment for the membership to have their say, which would be very, very healthy. But I mean, there is also that, that the danger that, that, you know, that it turns into a kind of four day procession, which when all the things facing the country, people might think, well, hang on a second, shouldn't they get on with this? Katie, last question. Um, we've seen very different styles from Penny Mordant and Rishi Sunak so far. Uh, Rishi put out uh, a very subdued statement announcing that he was running to be party leader. Uh, there were no slick graphics like there had been before. There was no uh, now famous Rishi signature um, attached to that statement. Um, he's been quite quiet. He's letting the MP supporting him do most of the talking right now. Penny Mordant uh, went on Laura Koonsberg's show on the BBC this morning, did a full-blown interview, albeit we didn't get a lot of policy updates from that. In fact, we got none, but I mean, she's really putting herself out there. She is putting out those graphics. She's really acting as if it was the leadership campaign from the last time round. Um, if the two of them do go to the members, do we expect to see a very condensed and compressed full-blown leadership election next week? Or do you think um, Rishi Sunak will continue to be slightly uh, more subdued and Penny Morton may continue to ramp it up? So I think after tomorrow, um, as you say, if, if it hasn't been decided in the day, then I think you will hear more from both of the candidates. Obviously, they're aiming more at the membership than the general public, given the general public do not have a say. Um, but I would expect, you know, some broadcast interviews. And for example, if, if there are two candidates, I think there's some talk in CCHQ of having uh, yet to be decided, but a debate or a two-way uh, midweek, which would, uh, you know, anyone could watch um, to be televised. So that would be a chance for the two candidates to put their different ideas forward. It's obviously something, as you, as you, as you say, a little bit strange about a contest where there's no policy pitches, <laughs> there's no great discussion of ideas. I think you could say, well, Penny wouldn't have you know, because they're not out of the blue, haven't, haven't gone for this before we do have a sense of what they were saying from the summer leadership contest also though they i thought it was very telling when penny morgan gives it into you this morning that despite causing liz trust problems at tory party conference 
by saying she thought benefits should rise in line with inflation. Um, she uh, would not say that this morning. And I think part of the reason you're not getting, there's not even perhaps even an appetite amongst MPs right now um, to have this policy discussion is the economic situation has clearly gone downhill. It's a very difficult place. And it is, and perhaps, and I think with hindsight, there are some Tory MPs who now think having this leadership contest where you're promising lots of things to get you the job, um, which might not have much correspondence with reality, isn't really what the moment calls for. Um, I think there's also a question obviously about Jeremy Hunt is currently the Chancellor. We don't know what Rishi Sunak would do here, but Penny Morden has said she would keep him in place. Boris Johnson indicated he would probably do similar. And it's just a lot of difficult choices. I don't think you really... Uh, there's just a lot of difficult choices. Um, and therefore, I think if there are two candidates, we'll get a little bit of a taste of what they plan to do um, in the in this debate head to head. Um, but otherwise, as you say, I think this is more just about how do you deal with a tricky situation rather than... Um, and also, I think there is more acknowledgement this time that they need to go closer to the 2019 manifesto. Um, I think with Liz Truss, and actually once you got to trying to junk various things... Um, created unease and, and there is worry now about this idea of the early election, the mandate. So I, I think if it seemed as though one candidate wanted to take the party in a completely different direction in the country, there'd be more questions, but that, that's not at least the current perception amongst MPs. It should be noted that as the Asian markets open, the pound is trading slightly higher. Sterling's gaining a little value against the dollar, but we'll know a lot more tomorrow in terms of the market's reaction to Boris Johnson dropping out of the race and indeed MPs' reactions. For now, James and Katie, thanks for joining me and giving over your Sunday night.